Welcome to the 25 new subscribers who have joined the Retain Learnings community over the last week. If you haven't subscribed, join the 548 learners on this journey by going to retainlearnings.io. Please feel free to hit reply uh, to this episode or email me to let me know your thoughts. Um, feel free to forward it to someone you think would find it valuable. Forwarding it helps it, this podcast spread. Next week, I'll give an update on where we're going with this project. But the TLDR is if you find value, help us grow by forwarding it to someone else. Introduction, the most challenging phone call I've ever made. In September of 2019, I made a painful phone call. Over the previous 18 months, I had worked hard to secure an offer to work at Goldman Sachs as an investment banker. During that time, I skipped winter break in my first year at school. Instead of taking a trip, I locked myself in a conference room with two classmates to prepare for interviews. <clears throat> I completed dozens of interviews with bankers at every level. They asked about corporate valuation, what a military veteran could bring to the team, and how macroeconomic trends impact valuation. I revised my resume hundreds of times, never quite reaching perfection. I spent five months working at Goldman HQ in New York. On most days in banking, I arrived by 9 a.m. and left after midnight. Finally, I received a full-time offer of employment in August of 2019. Two months later, I called the firm to decline the opportunity. The value of time. Losing my father in September of 2018 affected me profoundly. He passed at 64 without warning. For the first time in my life, I saw how precious every moment is. A few things became very obvious in the wake of his passing. Number one, we don't have as much time on this earth as we think. Number two, we have no idea how much time we have left. And number three, every single day is important and meaningful. An epiphany about autonomy. One day, as I walked across the bridge to Wharton, I stopped in my tracks. I realized that the current moment was among the happiest of my life. This realization had nothing to do with money. I was a broke student with a declining net worth due to student loans. This blissful experience was due to two factors. One, I had complete autonomy over my time. Two, I spent my time focused on self-improvement. My schedule consisted of going to class and meeting classmates. Each of these pursuits was selfish. I focused on upskilling all day. Entrepreneurship provides the path to autonomy over your time while forcing you to become a better version of yourself. So while it was a challenge to decline my full-time offer, I knew it was the right path. I know that starting a business is not for everyone. I spent the first six years of my career as a Marine infantry officer, and it was not as challenging as starting a business. While entrepreneurship is hard, embracing an entrepreneurial mindset is easy and risk-free. You will never fail, but will continue to learn and grow. For this reason, I believe an entrepreneurial mindset can enrich anyone's life. <clears throat> Here's how you can embrace one. Rule one, a growth mindset. Business becomes your hobby. Talking to an entrepreneur is both fascinating and one-dimensional. When you run a business, it occupies your waking thoughts. So many variables change. It's impossible to stay ahead of every situation in business. Owning a business forces you to become excellent across domains, finance, sales, marketing, operations, leadership, communication, networking, accounting, administrative work, legal work. Entrepreneurs operate across these domains. We are jacks of all trades and masters of none. The sheer breadth required to run a business is overwhelming and humbling. Once you recognize how many different skill sets are required, you pick one of two mental frameworks. One, I don't know how to do that task. Two, I don't know how to do that task, so I better learn enough to make an informed decision and move on. 
A growth mindset requires us to maintain humility, but the rewards are tremendous. Internalizing the following mantra has improved my life. I don't know X skill set at the morning, but I am confident I can learn it over time. When I launched this newsletter, I had a weak understanding of content marketing and writing. Since committing to writing weekly, I have improved. I have started studying the topic from experts. I enrolled in a writing course that kicks off in August. I curate my information diet to learn from experts to improve my writing. This is a growth mindset in action and is the most powerful tool in the the entrepreneur's toolkit. Do not fear the unknown. Welcome it as an opportunity to learn. Rule number two, practice essentialism in work and life. How often do you find yourself exhausted from work but unsure what you accomplished? For the first 18 months of working on Paint True, I felt like Sisyphus. I pushed a rock up a hill all day and watched it roll back down. I never measured my time. Instead, I worked all the time without boundaries but felt no sense of accomplishment. In February, I started tracking my time. I installed two apps that I recommend, Toggle and Rescue Time, to help me understand how I was working. I found that my most productive hours are in the morning from 6 a.m. to noon. Working six days a week means I have 36 hours of deep work per week. This is only enough time for a limited number of tasks. It's not enough time to spend on things that are not essential. I have a hypothesis that we can only do two things at any given time. Number one, a major pursuit. Typically, this is work-related, fundraising, marketing, sales, outreach, operational optimization, and automation. And number two, a minor pursuit. This is a hobby, quality time devoted to others, nonprofit, volunteering, or exercise. When you recognize how limited your time is, ask yourself the following questions. What one thing can I do this quarter and call it a successful quarter? This should be your major pursuit. Make progress towards your goals by doing less and focusing on what is essential. Rule number three, study business models and look for funnels everywhere. When you try to sell people products and services, you appreciate how fun business can be. Selling is thrilling and enjoyable. It validates your efforts to have others willing to pay for your expertise. Entrepreneurs and salespeople see the world through a different lens. We deconstruct the businesses around us by applying our lived experiences. When I started writing this newsletter, I found myself preoccupied with the question of how people make money through content. It enriched my life to understand the revenue models of those who capture my attention. What do these content creators really want from me? The newsletters you read generate money in one of three ways. Number one, businesses pay for advertisements. This model requires a large audience as advertisers pay per thousand impressions or CPM cost per milli. Businesses who want your attention buy ad space in these newsletters. Your attention is the product. The pros are that there's no need to ask subscribers to pay. The cons are that it requires a large audience and it limits editorial freedom of the content creator. The strategy for this approach is to grow the audience as large as possible, stay clear of controversy, and feed growth through cross-promotion with other newsletters and content creators. Number two, subscribers pay dues. This is the second method of monetizing content. This is the most straightforward business model. You offer great value to your customers and they pay for the pleasure of reading your thoughts. Books are an example of this. You pay for someone's ideas. The pros are editorial freedom. The incentives are aligned with your reader's incentives. The cons are that it's hard to provide enough value to overcome the aversion to paying for content, especially given the plethora of free content online. 
The strategy here is to appeal to a very niche audience and focus on topics of interest, build credibility and subject matter expertise. This route takes a long time to build. You have, and then the third method of monetizing is that you have another product to sell and the newsletter is to convince a customer to buy it. The newsletter is part of a broader funnel built to persuade you to take another action. James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, sold online courses on building habits and held workshops for a premium price. His newsletter is free, but it convinces you to pay him elsewhere. The pros are that it maximizes audience size while only monetizing the highest value subscribers. The cons are you need a strong value proposition for your most devoted fans. They must be able to pay for what you're selling. The strategy is to consider your offer and your target audience. Use the newsletter to create engaging content for the audience by providing value and remind them of your monetized offerings often. The conclusion, these three lessons are broadly applicable. It took me too long to internalize them, but my life is much richer when I view the world through the lens of an entrepreneurial mindset. Thanks for your time. As always, feel free to reply directly and let me know your thoughts. Best, Brendan.